When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, welcome to Talking Real Money. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Cock. We're expecting to hear from Don McDonald soon. But this show is really all about you. So give us a call. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. Anything financial-related money. People have a tendency to want about investing, uh, you know, how to make a lot of money and not take any risk. And, yeah, we'll talk about all that. But, you know, one of the places that people have been doing that, interestingly, although they've been taking risks, they don't feel like they have, is with uh, real estate. Right? I'm talking home real estate now, right? Residential real estate, not commercial real estate. Where, uh, you know, for most of the country, it's been a pretty good few years. Where we are in the great Northwest, it's been unbelievable few years. Truly unbelievable. The, the, the increases in uh, value, shocking, you have to say. Uh, when you consider looking long-term at real estate, residential real estate makes a little more than inflation over time. Over the long haul. If you look coast to coast. But people here think, oh, no, it only goes up, and it only goes up, you know, 10 to 15% a year. has to. Yeah, well, right now, the people that I'm talking to, our clients, the people that call me and want advice about their money are saying, well, should I wait to sell now because prices are going down? You know, and it, right down the street from where I speak to you at this moment, um, my neighbor, who I really liked, trying to sell his place listed it at uh i think it was one million eight hundred ninety nine thousand i think now he's dropped it by a hundred thousand to one million seven ninety nine um and just by moving here doesn't mean you get to be on the show or anything sorry it's not part of the deal he never cared but uh anyway i find it fast this it's a parlor game right about well real estate values are doing this and you know it's the 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 topic du jour people want to spend time speculating about uh, what's going on with prices, what the future looks like. And uh, CNBC wrote an article recently where they name the Seattle area, all West Coast cities, by the way, where five markets where home sales are cooling the fastest. It doesn't say they're going down yet. It does say they've stopped going up. And it appears that most of this is tied to uh, higher interest rates. This is fascinating. I mean, when you consider that, wow, like six months ago, you could get a 30-year mortgage for, what, 3%? And today, that's they, the article says 6. I think you can still get them for 5.5. My son just closed on a deal, and I think his was 5.5. So 6 sounds a little high. A double sounds high. But, you know, the, the reality is this is a changing situation. It's always changing. And so people then say, well, what about real estate? Well, 
we've talked about this for a long time as an investment. We, if you want to be a landlord, if you want to be a flipper, if you want to be someone who's running a business that way, well, go at it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's necessarily going to make you rich or make you poor, but it's a business. Businesses sometimes work, sometimes they don't. We recommend that you own real estate generally for lifestyle reasons. I live where I live because I like living here. I didn't buy it with the intention that it would make me a lot of money. And it hasn't really yet other than on paper. But you would expect that over time, if we end up selling this in the next few years, that it will. But real estate, residential real estate, nah, we're really going to tell you own what's right for you, your situation. Number two, big picture. And this has come up a lot recently. And that is, should I pay down the mortgage? And we're going to say you generally not. Generally not. Because if your mortgage is in the twos, threes, fours, even close to five, it's probably going to make more sense to just keep paying that as it is and save, invest, put away the money that you wouldn't, you would have paid down the mortgage with instead. The expectation here is that not only would you make more as an investor, no guarantee there either, by the way, than two, three, four, five percent. I'd hope so. History shows that you would have. But if even if you didn't and you're closing in on retirement, remember, you need liquidity in retirement. You need the access to cash, right? You got to be able to, to get it from somewhere to pay the bills. And if you have it all locked up in your home equity, then you've got to do something like, well, a reverse mortgage, for example. Maybe you could get a HELOC. There's some other ways to get at it. But again, this is the reason why that we generally tell you don't pay that down. And in a moment, we'll talk about whether or not you should be selling, how you should be dealing with this softening market. But let's talk to you, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We'll be back on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number, 855-935-TALK. That's 855-935-8255. And uh, let's see, I, I tried to find that famous song by Ray Charles, but they wouldn't let me play it. So I'll just have to go ahead and say, I got Georgia on my mind. Uh, not Georgia from 11th grade, either the actual state in this case, where we find the elusive, inimitable, uncrackable, unbeatable Don McDonald. Hey, good to see you. Yeah, I'm here in Macon, Georgia. Yeah, you can't use that song because uh, we don't pay for those kind of licenses for the podcast. So, <laughs> Mr. Charles no longer alive. What's going to happen? Come on. All right. Do not get us into trouble, dude. <laughs> As usual. Uh, I am. I am hoping. I am hoping that within a few moments, the uh, Northwest News Radio engineer will be arriving in the building to reset tie line two. 
So here's what we're trying to do. A little behind the scenes thing. Tom yeah. is calling in on tie line one, which is a yeah, this is a broadcast quality connection. And of course, Tom always gets tie line one because to switch into tie line two would be beyond his abilities to technically. <laughs> hey, I got this handle. one going. That's something right there. Come on, man. <laughs> so I'm trying to call in on tie line two using my iPhone from a Spring Hill Suites in Macon, Georgia. Wow. That's, but that right right now we we have to settle for my iPhone just by itself over the phone line. But I have to tell you, yes. I want to compliment the people at T-Mobile. I sometimes get very angry with them, but I, I want to compliment them. I tested the speed in this hotel. Their hotel speed is terrible, by the way, Marriott. The hotel speed is awful. But T-Mobile's download speeds, we're running 900 megabits per second. Why, I mean, T-Mobile? That's like a- on T-Mobile. Wow. Now, the upload, the upstream was like uh, 16, 17. But holy cow, T-Mobile, how are you getting a gigabit down? They got some Pretty wire cool. right outside your window or something, I guess, right? Yeah, it's magical. So Sound I hear you've like- been talking about real estate, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's always a hot topic, right? I mean, as I said, it's a, it, it's a bit of the parlor game about what's my house worth and how much it's going to be worth in 10 years when it's worth way more. That's been a bit of discussion because prices have kind of stabilized and in some cases gone down a bit. I mentioned that uh, right down the street here, my neighbor's actually lowered the price of his place by 100000 I feel like he's chasing the market a bit. But what's your take well, you on all this situation? Though- the thing that's really fascinating about you, as you kind of like that you called it a game, because it is kind of a game now. It's more a game than it ever has been before, because we used to say back in the back in the olden days, well, you know, you can't really keep track of the price of your house like you can the price of a stock. And it's still not the same. You can't follow your house minute to minute or even really day to day. But week to week, month to month. For the first time, you really can, thanks to apps like Zillow and Redfin, you can kind of follow what your house is worth. And how are you doing? I mean, I see you looking there. Are you checking on your uh, your Zillow? I, I haven't looked. You know what's funny <laughs> is my house has now officially vanished. It's gone. <laughs> well, you haven't been home in a few days, so that could have happened. What do you know? I've been gone. I've been gone for one week, and for some reason, they completely took my house off the market. You know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put in the address. I'm not going to tell you people what the address is, but I'm going to put it yeah, in. It's an easy address to remember. Um, it, Location the, the interesting could thing, not be found. That's kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing about that is, and we have talked about this in the past, that if indeed your house price was put in your face every day the way other securities prices are, you know, like stocks and bonds, I think there'd be a lot more panic selling with real estate because people are like, oh my gosh, it's gone way down. I got to sell now. I got to get my money out. But they they don't, which is good. The reason I brought it up is we have a number of people that have asked me, hey, should I be selling now or should I wait until the market improves, until prices you know maybe even go up a little bit more again? Is, is it a time to sort of test the waters or not? I mean, that's the question I get. Wait, don't we call that market timing? It's no different than trying to time the stock market. I I mean, if I was really smart, which I obviously am not, I would have sold my house a couple of months ago. You don't even have a house anymore, dude. Three nine million. No, I found it now. Oh, okay. How much? City in. 
1.39. Okay, but more importantly, is it showing it the trend up, down, sideways? What's it showing? Uh-oh. Down. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I'm down to 1.24. Whoa. That's a pretty dramatic fall. That's a big hit. You know, yeah. that's, that's – uh, and the thing is that uh, the decision's got to be – it, it can't be a financial one when it's when you're talking about your house. It's a it's a, we we say this over and over again. It's a lifestyle decision. It should be. Well, it has to be. It's your house. You live in it. It's not an investment property. People still believe though it's the biggest investment I'm ever going to make in my life. Therefore, I better do it right. Well, but do the facts bear that out? Well, it might be the biggest in turn. If you put 20% down on a million dollar home, that's $200,000. That is a pretty big investment. But will that be no, 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 the largest what I'm saying is that holding? In terms of a, a successful investment, has that been borne out no. by well, the, past the last, performance? The last six or seven years in the great Northwest, sure. But if you go back, okay. you know, certainly to the, the mid 1950s, I think the. What is it? The Mortgage Association of America says, nah, real estate prices coast to coast go up a little bit more than inflation since that time. Residential, How about in the great city of Detroit or Grand Rapids yeah. or Cleveland or Kansas City or Topeka or St. Louis? What, how have their real estate prices done? Well, you haven't seen when, when they abandoned the buildings at at, uh, at Microsoft there in Redmond, when you drive by and you see the rust on those buildings, then we may be able to answer that. But until then, technology seems to be doing pretty well. I mean, there's a lot of they're even still building, you know, the airplanes here, all that kind of stuff. So it seems to be hanging in there a bit. Right. But but national and even in in a, a market like the Puget Sound area, Sunbelt markets like Florida and Arizona, there's still there's have still been booms and busts, uh, even in in uh, in in the, the San Francisco Bay Area. Prices Absolutely, have softened because they had to. Only because they were going straight up for the last few years. That's what you're saying. That that's it. Like because anything, eventually, like Seattle. I know Seattle's a lovely place. It's a lovely area, but if prices get too high, what do people do? What do businesses do? Well, they quit buying, right? Or they, re- yeah, the, or the businesses relocate. Yeah, and that's happened too, right? People have left. People have left. Businesses have left. So I think that's good advice. As you said, lifestyle, not trying to anticipate what might be next. We'll take your questions and calls. Hopefully we get Don set up so we can do calls uh, with others. 855-935-8255. We'll take one of those questions in just a moment here on Talking Real Money. Stand by. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number, 855-935-8255. Call, we'll be glad to uh, answer any of those pressing issues around your finances, money, investing, etc. We also get a lot of them, a lot. Got pages here of questions that you have uh, emailed or 
I guess, filled out the form by going to TalkingRealMoney.com. And one person, by yeah, the way, it, even said, Don. It's kind of like email. They, they, they even said, you don't want to hear my voice on the radio, so I'm going to write this. My voice is horrible, which I thought was kind of funny. But uh, this one came from Devin, who wrote, um, um, how many years is enough to draw comparisons regarding the returns of one fund to another? How many years to compare mutual funds or exchange tra- traded funds? Then he added uh, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 100 years. What do you think? Longer than you think is the correct answer. Okay. Well, that's not very helpful. The right amount of time is as long as you can possibly have. The more you have, the more accurate your comparison is going to be. Uh, the, the, there, there should be no comparisons done at one year, ever. You get some reasonable data, some, but it's not very good at five. It gets a lot better at 10. It gets pretty darn good at 20. And when you exceed that, it's a, a high expectation of accuracy. There's a very high expectation. That's why when we look at how you compare asset classes, we like to go back 100 years. Okay, but to that end, that's a very good point. And you've said this previously, so I'm stealing from you a little bit because I saw it this week where I I talked to a woman who has her money at an asset manager and at a bank. And, of course, at the bank, she has a mutual fund that has an expense ratio of 1.38 that's a C share, Uh, which I hadn't even seen that. So, in other words, there's things you can eliminate because I think the question that Devin is like how to pick funds. This comes up a lot. But there's things you can eliminate. Number one would be the anything I think with an alphabet soup at the end, A, B, C, etc. At the at the end of the fund, you don't want to. Own it. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's v e s t o r y dot com. We're talking real money. Hi, everybody. Don here in the studio where I'm uh, editing what was kind of a messy show from Saturday because I was trying to remote in from a second location. The show didn't exactly go as planned. Uh, Tom got disconnected. I was on the phone. So uh, he went away for a little while, which is why that was abrupt. But now we're going to go back and try to make something of what remains of the program. Thanks for bearing with us. Hi there. I'm done. I don't know. Am I here? I'm not hearing you. So I don't know if Tom's there or I'm here or who's there. So we have no idea. Are are you doing it? Hello. (laughs) Okay. Hello. You're there. Yes. You're there now. Okay. I feel better. Yeah. I hate not being here. On the other hand, I, on the other hand, am ha- still having all kinds of little technical difficulties here in Macon, Georgia. So I'm well, I won't make any jokes. For a while. Won't make so any like jokes about the South. Out. Yeah. All right. Okay. Can Can you handle it? I, I sure. The jokes or the uh, or you not being here? Which one? <laughs> uh, the the both. 
I think you, okay. you, you, you could probably handle the bad jokes and me not being there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to t- try a couple of, of different hookups and while you just ramble on, okay? Oh, well, b- by the way, before we do that, i got to tell you, so last week when you were gone, one of our yeah. loyal listeners wrote in and said, uh, where is it here? Oh, he said, I, I told him that you weren't going to be on the show, and he said, well, that's good, then there'll be no harassment and plenty of time for bad puns and dad jokes. And then I wrote him back. I said, I can see you think a lot of my work. And then he said, well, there's a special place in heaven for those who have to share a platform with Don. <laughs> that was kind of funny. No, one, of my big, one of my bigger fans. <laughs> he actually he, he, he likes you a lot. So anyway, all right. Well, we'll hope sure, we'll yeah. hope for the best. We'll hope for the best. Well, for yeah, him, so. just let me let me do a little a little fiddling around here with some cables and see if I can't make something work better. All, all right. right. Fair enough. We'll all look right. forward to it. In the interim, uh, let's continue. Your phone calls, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. It's easy. We were talking a little bit about a question from Devin about picking mutual funds. This comes up a lot because it's like I don't – there's this 8,000, 10,000 mutual funds, exchange-traded funds. There's a lot of stuff. And where do you start? And how do I? And so, you know, I mentioned that, you know, we would prefer to see you use index or index like funds. Many of them are labeled. They're not all labeled that are easy to do, but in your retirement plan at work, generally, they're fairly well labeled. You can clearly see the difference between an actively managed fund, mutual fund, or a more passive index sort of approach. And you can, for the most part, build a decent portfolio with the more passive ones. But I can tell you something that I don't want you to own. And um, there's more and more of this I'm noticing coming back because people have forgotten the severe, the Great Recession of 2008-2009, where, wow, I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad for investors. It was bad for banks. It was bad for real estate. It was bad for everything, just bad. And yet, the one big reason, in addition to the sort of the complexity of the investments that people were using, is the use of leverage, right? The use of borrowed money, other people's money to try to make money. And, you know, when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about why there's there's these new, I just hate these, exchange-traded funds that uh, allow you to invest, I use the air quotes, in an individual stock, but use leverage to do so in other words to try to make more if you win you're going to lose more if you go the other direction so they really struggle with that let's go to the telephones at 855-935-8255 luke now joins us here on talking real money hi luke hey tom hey don how you doing we're doing well well we're trying to get don properly uh wired up here so we'll see what happens all right. Full disclosure: My wife and I are happy vestry clients, and uh, very, uh, very happy with all the ways you guys have served us. But I have two questions. Yeah. Um, two years. Two years from retirement, I'm hearing this term sequence risk, uh, taking out assets in a down market. Doesn't that? Isn't that what that means? And what yeah, are your sequence, thoughts on that? Yeah, sequence of return risk. I mean, that sort of is the idea that well, I retired in the fall of 2008. And my portfolio went down and I'm drawing money out of my portfolio. And that's bad, right? I mean, that's a very negative way to begin retirement. 
You know, my personal take on this is it's overrated because for somebody uh, of your age and who have been a great saver, you really retirement isn't a starting point. It's it's pardon me, an ending point. You got to think through retirement. So you need to think about 30 years of returns, not the first one or two. We'll continue with this, Luke. It's a great question. And we'll take your second one as well. 855-935-8255 as we continue talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. 855-935-8255 is our number. It's a rainy night in Georgia, but the lines have been connected. I think so. Oh, they oh, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Don McDonald, we're so. <laughs> so happy to hear from yeah. you. I, I don't know what, what it was, but I switched out cables. I switched out everything and... Yeah, I see those things coming out. Your neck look better, too. Uh, we're talking with Luke. And Luke had a question about sequence of return risk, what we think of that. Which, and it's a legitimate, as I mentioned, if you retired in the fall of 2008 and your portfolio went down by 30% and now you're starting to draw on it, that could be pretty detrimental to your retirement in the long haul. I don't look at it, I think it's more of a, you know, something to get you worked up about because ah, remember, there you go. Yeah, it's retirement. Uh, some more of a twenty-five or thirty-year period. So you may have a short downturn at the beginning, but then, and by the way, I mean certainly things since then have been really good for stocks. So you know, I wouldn't make too big a deal out of it. Dom, what's your take on sequence I, of I agree. I think that it's much ado about nothing because it it assumes that you're taking gigantic distributions. In a declined, in a market that has declined, I don't even want to say declining market, in a market that has gone down, sure, you're going to, you're going to draw your assets down just a little bit faster initially. But then as your portfolio starts to recover, you're, you're not going to be drawing it down. As a matter of fact, it'll be building itself back up if you set up a withdrawal scheme that makes sense in almost any market scenario. And that's where it's so important for every retiree, every, either in the beginning of retirement or in the middle or toward the end, to be flexible with your withdrawals. Don't just say, I must get X. No, if the market's not doing as well and you are concerned about drawing your assets down, then find some spending to cut. We've all done it at almost every point in our life not everything is an essential spend. Yeah, I mean, look, look at our lives. I went to uh, Southern California and you went to Georgia. I mean, what does that say? So, um, any rate, 855-93. He's not laughing. Okay, Luke, what was your other question? Yeah, the other part was uh, in regards to that drawdown strategy. We're big fans of Paul Merriman, and we know he and his wife in January determine how much income they're going to need from assets, and they take it all in one lump sum. What are your thoughts on doing it that way? I believe heartily in that. Yeah, I, the only I guess, the, but back to what you just said, Don. Because if you had flexibility, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, a 60-40 portfolio is down only 9.8%. Now, earlier this year, a month or two ago, it was down more like 15%. So it's better to take it now because it hasn't gone down as much as you would have had it been another 6 or 7%. So, again, if you had that flexibility, you know, yeah, why and, not? I, and bear in ahead. mind, here's the thing. When you take it out at the beginning of the year, you are taking it out based on that value. And what we are real big proponents of is setting an amount, a percentage of the portfolio that you are going to live on for the next year. And that, that you know, a number like 5% is a very, very good number. You say, I'm taking 5% out on January 1, and then we're going to live on that. So if next January 1, your portfolio is down 15 or 20%, that 5% withdrawal is going to be smaller, forcing you to tweak the budget to fit the income. I think that's that's very fair. And by the way, Lou, we want to thank you for sending us the information on educators being sold these awful annuities. We're going to take up that topic next hour, which mm. <laughs> that, that story. You're just, going to get me started on annuities. Yeah, again. I, I can't help it. This is equitable is offering some little paltry 50 million dollars which sounds like a lot but then it turns out they've collected in fees some billions of dollars i mean it's just not well, thank we'll you Luke, for joining hour, us yeah. yeah uh okay here's another question from wesley what are your thoughts on brokered cds available from vanguard seem to be running about one percent higher than regular bank cds brokered i've always been a big CDs. fan of brokered cds I think that's a better way to buy CDs. I think I know what CDs. they are. What, 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 well, are, what are they? Brokered CDs are, are banks will go to brokerage firms and make available certificates of deposit. They And, and the, the brokerage firms actually create a secondary market in CDs so that you can buy a used CD, a slightly used CD. <laughs> Only slightly. A good mileage? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and what they do is they base the price on whatever the current rates are, just like a bond. So you can buy and sell much like bonds. But also banks will offer these massive pools of certificates of deposit to brokers to sell in $250,000 increments, preferably, so they get all the insurance. And they will offer the, 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 a bigger, a higher interest rate because they have no marketing costs associated with those. And so it says here, uh, he believes, this question from Wesley, then they run about a 1% higher than regular one percent sound, sounds high, but there may be cases where they're that much higher. I, I would say probably a 50, 60 basis point difference is what I've seen usually. But you can get brokerage CDs not just through Vanguard, but through Fidelity, through Schwab. Any brokerage firm will ha- handles them these days. They're a very popular product. And how do you find them? I mean, in other words, when you, you got, go to you, bankrate.com, you just you don't get those rates there. Those are just No, 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 CDs. no. What you would do is you would go to like Schwab. And you would look up their CDs on their website. In fact, let me just go try it. Let me log myself. And do they in have various terms, all that kind of thing, too? They do indeed. And so, if you have a brokerage account, the reason we suggest banks is because a lot of people don't have brokerage accounts. They may have a mutual fund. Yeah, when I type in CD, I get bank CDs, and uh, and they're they're giving me a, a list of products. So, yeah, you can absolutely get brokered CDs. Well, there's Chat another option. Online, I, give them a call. I didn't wish I'd, I'd talked about that well, last I just, week. I, but. I don't think it's a full point higher, though. I, I really, I, I have not seen that. I'll do some more research into that. But I don't ever remember seeing it that, uh, seeing a big difference that big. 
Okay, we got to ask, how was, uh, before we get to the top of the hour, how was Tennessee? I was in Georgia. I thought you were in Tennessee or something. I've been telling people you were in Tennessee or something. No, no. A a friend uh, has a gorgeous cabin that they rented us at a very, very, very good price. I saw the online rate was like $20,000 a night or something. Yeah, it wasn't that much, but it was. It was twenty one. I read it with you. It was no, twenty one thousand dollars. That was in yen. Remember? Ah, okay. Well, I don't know that the yen to dollar. Y symbol with the X. That's yen. <laughs> oh, I don't know what okay. that is in dollars, but that's yen. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. But it is. It's a very nice, you know, it three is. bedroom cabin sitting yeah. on a on a on what in Georgia they call a creek, where when you know Colorado they would have called this a raging river, but apparently Georgians have bigger rivers. So this is a creek, but it was in a gorgeous spot in the mountains near a town called Blue Ridge, Georgia. Yeah. And uh, so that I could do the show with you today, which didn't work out as well as we'd expected. Um, I uh, I stopped at we decided to stop partway on the way home and and get a hotel room and do the show from from the hotel. So uh, we're we're traveling back to Florida. I will be just a programming note. Uh, I will be. Uh, off next weekend though, next Saturday because I am yeah. going to my brother's memorial service. So I'll be yeah. in a plane. I'll be flying. So Tom will be here alone again. Yeah, and I want to thank all the people Absolutely. that have written you and all the support you've gotten yeah, here over the great. last couple of weeks. Really great. We'll be right back as we continue talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. You know, it was an absolutely wonderful week to talk to so many of you. I had a couple of great conversations today, some earlier in the week. And here's the downside. I find that many of you are not being treated well by either the people managing your money or you have your money in a bank and you don't know it. You should at least know, you know, how much you're paying for your investments, how diversified you are, whether it all makes sense. We do that free. Really? There's no obligation. We're not going to sell you anything. We're not going to make you buy Don's book. Well, maybe we'll make you buy Don's book. But anyway, take advantage of that. We enjoy talking to you. We want to make sure you're being treated well and that you have a plan for the future. So if you want to talk to one of our advisors, yeah, even me sometimes, go to vestry.com, V is in victory, E is in Edward, S-T-O-R-Y.com. Set up a meeting. We'd love to talk to you. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.